Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Well, we're back for another special edition of Coping with Crisis. Today, this specific episode, I have brought a a dear friend of mine. I've gotten to know her online primarily. She was part of my book launch team, Parenting Beyond the Rules, and she, um, we met recently like in real life, which makes it all the more special when you can go from an online relationship to a real life relationship, but it is Dr. Michelle Bankson. I tell you what, you are really going to enjoy what she has to say because I know so many of us are concerned, we're worried, we're afraid, we're seeing, you know, all these numbers, we can't buy bread and, you know, you've seen all the memes about toilet paper and I know that it is troubling to us. Some of you are some of you, and I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. Some of you feel like you're stuck, like with four walls, no place to go. You've got these kids staring at you, constantly wanting something from you. You're trying to figure out how you're going to make it for a few weeks or even make sense of what's coming our way. Well, that is why I invited Dr. Michelle onto the program. She is a mental health expert. She'll tell you more about that, but she specializes in overcoming worry, fear, and anxiety. I have read both of her, I've read two of her books called Hope Prevails and Breaking Anxiety's Grip. So with that, I am going to welcome Michelle to the program. Michelle, thank you so much for carving time out of your life. I know you're trying to manage all of this with the coronavirus in your own family, and um, it's on everybody's mind. So thank you for being able to join me today. Oh, Connie, you know, it's my pleasure. And if there's anything we can do to help alleviate worry, fear, and anxiety right now, let's get after it because this is a real issue for people, but they don't have to live in a state of fear. You know, one of the things I often see you post on Facebook and tell tell our listeners the your Facebook page. They can find me on Facebook at Dr. Michelle Bankson, but okay. it's an unusual spelling. So it's B E N. GT, like Georgia Tech, S-O-N. Yes, and people don't feel bad if you mess up. I, I've known Michelle for a long time, <laughs> and I will still have to say, now tell me your last name. My last name is often pr- uh, pronounced as Albers because it does have German heritage, and I'll have to say, no, it's Albers, or you know, it's called Alberts. So the best way Michelle uh, told me today, and I actually wrote it down, it, it's like your son's going to the bank, so bank's son, and I thought, oh, I love it. All right, so Michelle... You, you really are an expert in fear, worry, and anxiety. And I know you've been doing the rounds. You've got a nationally syndicated radio program that reaches, I don't know, probably tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. I don't even know. But you're on so many different stations pointing people to a place of calm and no anxiety, not not worrying, not being stressed. And largely it's because of this really one key factor, and that is faith. So you tend to start a lot of your Facebook uh, posts, and it's something that just really has struck me, and that was today is going to be a good day. 
And then you go into your post. So I would love for you to just kind of unpack that, um, how you're finding strength and how you help other people lay down the worry and pick up the confidence, lay down the stress. Uh, What do you do and how do you not be constantly riddled with anxiety, especially with what's going on? Those posts started about five years ago. And it started with a single post. I was going through a very serious health crisis and depression. And it just struck me one day that despite what my circumstances are, today is still going to be a good day because God's promises are all true. And so every morning now, I start off with a post, today is going to be a good day because, and then we unpack one of God's promises because He's the one who knows what our tomorrows hold and how many tomorrows we have. And I have come to find that, you know, nothing takes God by surprise. Yes. I was given a cancer diagnosis. And as I sat there in the doctor's office, I remember very clearly thinking, well, you can go down the path to worry, fear, and anxiety, or you can stay in God's peace because this didn't take God by surprise. He already knows how he's going to help you get through it. And when you get through to the other side, whether it's being healed from cancer or waking up one morning in heaven, it's all good because God's still on his throne. And I think sometimes we lapse into worry, fear, and anxiety because we're trying to control the uncontrollable. Hmm. We think if we can just have enough rolls of toilet paper, we will make (laughs) it through the coronavirus. Well, you know what? Maybe that's true and maybe it's not. But when we focus on those worrisome details and we take our eyes off the author and creator of our faith, the one who created us and this whole universe, then we fall into worry for an anxiety. But he has said, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Be courageous. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to fight this for you. And what I've come to realize is that it really comes down to a matter of trust. Are we going to trust God in all things? Mm. Or are we going to take back some of those things and worry about it and stew about it and get anxious about it? And, you know, my husband and I are both in the immune compromised part of the population. But we are truly not worried about this coronavirus because we've said, God, you've got it. If we get it, you'll You'll help us manage it. You'll help us get through it. And if not, then we're with you. It's all good either way. You know, something you just said there I think is pretty powerful. And that is the mindset that you're going to do what you can do to be safe and avoid, you know, being exposed, let's say, to the coronavirus or even the flu. I mean, the flu at this point you know, certainly has killed more than the coronavirus, but we're, we're facing a, a pandemic, a global pandemic that's never been seen before. But the mindset of God, you've got this and you're the one that's in control and whatever that outcome may be, it is well with my soul. How did you get there? I didn't start there. When my husband was first diagnosed with cancer and we were told to get our affairs in order, oh, I panicked. Mm. I cried. I got in fear. But when I saw 
that the doctors didn't have the final say. God did. That filled my faith tank so Mm -hmm. much. And now, many years later, I can look back and say, you know what? God has gotten me through every single difficult situation 100% of the time. So why would I start to believe now that he won't get us through this? Whether we're talking the coronavirus or a job loss or the loss of a loved one, it doesn't matter what our crisis of the week is. God's going to get us through it. So I look back to the faithfulness of God in my own life, but I also refer back to scripture and see how many biblical greats there are mentioned in the Bible that they went through practically hell and back, (laughs) but God was faithful to them. So I have no reason to think he won't be faithful to me now. So that was a process of going through, and I was looking at your book because I've read uh, Breaking Anxiety Script, and it's doing very well. And congratulations, by the way. I've seen it in, in several airports, although I'm not doing much traveling as of late. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me either, so I'm glad to hear you've seen it. But we for may those, not see it for a while. <laughs> yes, but for those that are still traveling, um, I, I, you know, I've, I always spy out your book. You have a chapter in there that calls worry creeps. Can you like give us a summary of that chapter? Worry creeps was really written out of the understanding as a neuropsychologist that if we allow worry to even get just a pinky into our life, that opens the door. If we don't squash it from the beginning, It will creep into every aspect of our life and take over as much space Mm. as we allow it. So we can't just say, well, you know, it's okay that I worry about my kids at school because, you know, as parents, we're supposed to do that. No, because then what that does is then it creeps into our kids' lives and teaches our kids that there's a reason for them to be worried. Mm. We've got to look at worry and say, no. God tells me not to worry. Do not be afraid. Do not worry about tomorrow. I, God says, look, I take care of the birds and the flowers in the field. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you? And that's what we have to come back to. We have to decide what are we really going to believe? Because what we believe we will focus on and what we focus on will grow. Oh my goodness. That's so true. That's so true. You know, I do hear a lot of parents justify worrying for their children. And I got to confess as a mother of five, uh, some of mine have given me great cause to worry. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you go to bed and you're praying, Oh my goodness, Lord, let, let the next eight hours totally change. So when I wake up in the morning, this is all gone. But you know, and some people are kind of praying that now, but you know, when you're dealing and you're talking with, let's say, parents, and and it's true, the whole, I feel like the whole, well, no, not I feel, the whole country is now forced into homeschooling. Now, homeschooling is something I did. So for me, having all five of my kids around 24-7, that was life for us. But for a parent who is used to getting up, doing the morning schedule, dropping the kids off, picking them up at three or four, and then off to practice after a snack, and then a few hours of homework, and then they're to bed. This is a radical change that that they're not used to because mama's got stuff to do. You know, mama's worked her schedule out where she does X, Y, Z between the the time the children are in school. I'm going to ask you from a professional standpoint, 
What can parents do that are faced with having their children around in this time that one, they're not used to, and two, that, you know, they're really not even certain about themselves because they're dealing with like their own issues. Well, can you speak into that a little bit? Part of what I would recommend is first recognize that we all go through seasons in our life. And this is a new season. It's not going to last forever. So take a look at this season and see if you can't turn it around and find reasons to be grateful for this new enforced season. We're getting to spend a whole lot more time with our children than we're used to because schools are closing down. Parents are having to homeschool. A lot of parents' businesses are saying, stay home. This is an opportunity to spend more quality time with our kids. Connie, both you and I have grown kids Mm -hmm. and we can say when we look back, that time went really fast. Like, where did it go? Now they're out on their own and I crave time with my oldest son who's no longer in the home. So I'm choosing to look at this as an opportunity to spend more time with my youngest before he flies the nest pretty soon. It is a matter of our perspective. Mm. And to help alleviate some of that anxiety, I would recommend impose some structure. It's not just a free-for-all. You're not going to watch movies all day and eat popcorn all day. Allow some structure to come into this new enforced season, but allow some time to enjoy their presence as well. And take this opportunity to be sharing truth with your children because they're going to be on their iPads and their phones and their computers and the TV. You don't want them to be filled with fear. So take this time when they're in your presence to say, you know what, we're going to limit screen time Mm. and we're going to go back to paying board games or cards, or we're going to take a walk and see what's in bloom this season, but really limit the opportunity for that fear from the outside world to come into their inside world. I just want to recap something that you said. I I made some notes uh, because I think it's so profound. You said we don't, it's forced upon us. Well, that's a mindset and that's almost like a negative mindset. Oh, I'm forced to do this. Whereas you said we get to, and I, and I want you listeners to hear that you get to. Another thing Michelle said was you have the opportunity. This is an opportunity. There is a silver lining. Yes, the pocketbook might be hurting. Yes, your kids, you know, may have to struggle through the rest of the school year or, you know, things, life may be altered for a bit of time. But like uh, uh, Michelle said, uh, you have the opportunity and I'll take that kind of piggyback off of what she said. You get the opportunity to help your children learn how to cope with future crisis, because this isn't going to be the only one they face in their life, right, Michelle? Oh, it won't. The Bible tells us you're going to face trials in this life. And just as soon as one is done, you know, there's another one hanging out there. But this is a chance for us to teach our children how to cope and not to give in to worry, fear, and anxiety. But when our children see us as parents go down that slippery slope into worry, fear, and anxiety, that's the mindset they learn to look at the world through. 
Yes. And the other thing that you said, uh, there were three things that I thought, so you get to, you've got the opportunity, seize it, and it's not going to last. I mean, that's kind of the hope that we have that whatever, however long this lasts and whatever, you know, new lifestyle we adapt to, it's not going to last. We will go back to handshakes and hugs. We will go back to going to movie theaters and playing sports and all the things that we have done in the past. Painting a picture of this is just a season, and during the season, we're going to make the most of it. And like Michelle, you say in your post, God is good. I mean, this is going to be a good day because help your children see the bright spot in today, this moment, like you said, Michelle, go outside and play. I mean, how many families are always saying, oh, I would love to do this, but we just don't have time. I mean, you probably hear that all the time, Michelle. All the time. So this is an opportunity for you to choose. How are you going to spend this time? How are you going to make the most of it? What memories can you create? And how can you instill truth in your children so that this time creates a setup so that the next trial they experience, they will be better equipped and able to handle it. Now, you mentioned uh, having some structure. You know, these children are used to school bell ringing and every 40 minutes or so, they have to jump to the next class. And now they're being um, put into the online world. I, I basically call this hybrid learning, which is what they do in the universities. You know, it's they can do a lot of this stuff online. They listen to lectures. So in some ways, some things aren't really changing. Younger children have more of an adjustment than the other children. But you, you mentioned, okay, so having a structure. So I like to say rhythm and routine. That's so, so important for everybody. What should mama do? You know, mama is pouring out, or I'd say burning the midnight oil, you know, trying to get it all done when she's not used to this. What do you recommend for moms? Moms can take an assessment of where they are, what they feel needs to get done, prioritize those things that are crucial, and then assess what can I give up today? So it might be crucial that she get the laundry done. But you know what? What what would happen if for 10 minutes before she threw the dirty sheets in the wash, she allowed the kids to set up a fort with the sheets and she got in there and read a book with them. And 10 minutes later, playtime's over. Mom's got to go wash the sheets. She's still getting the most crucial thing of her day done. Mm. But she's incorporating the kids in it. She's creating creativity and playtime with the children, which then produces happy memories. And at the end of the day, the the beds will get made again. But the kids had a good time and they're going to remember, you know what? Mom took time to play with me. It's like the memories I have of when I was growing up and we had blizzards up in Michigan and we couldn't get out. I remember the good parts of that. I don't remember the fact that we ate the same sandwich every day for a week because we ran out of groceries. (laughs) I don't remember the bad part. I remember the creativity and the extra time I got with my parents. That was priceless. And we have the opportunity to do the same thing. And more than anything, you know, God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God then all these things will be added to you. So how about if as a family, 
we start the day in prayer together and say, Lord, what do you want us to do today? What should our priorities be today? And I guarantee he's not going to give you anything you're not able to do or that he won't equip you to do. I so agree with you on that. You know, I love the example of the sheets. I often talk about uh, creating defining moments. Um, those become the memorable moments you talk about at Thanksgiving or at the wedding rehearsals or, you know, just when people are gathered around. And oftentimes in the mundane of life, we do have to be intentional about creating those memorable moments. However, with the this current situation of COVID-19 and the uncertainty or when you're facing, like Michelle, you were talking about a health diagnosis um, with your husband and you, uh, as well as financial shortfalls. I mean, whatever it is, sometimes you don't have to create them. Sometimes they're thrust upon you. And I love what you said about in the midst of this, be thinking about how you can shape form and and mold that child and help how you can help them remember the things that are going to matter. And that is not that you were walking around with germicide, although they'll notice if, if you're constantly <laughs> lifestyle, they'll remember that. And and when you start when they get older and you because we have older kids, you'll you'll probably, you know, giggle when your kids start imitating some of the habits that, that you in an unintentionally taught them. But the memories that mom could pause and reflect and consider filling up the love bucket of our children or disarming their fear. You know, God's words, you know, tells us not to be fearful, but he says, you know, don't be afraid, be a, be a sound mind. But a wise woman does consider uh, every decision. So every decision that you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, it kind of has to be mindful. Wouldn't you agree? It has to be so mindful, very intentional, but that's what God's talking about when he tells us to take every thought captive. Mm. He's saying, pay attention to what your thoughts are, because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So what we're thinking about and believing, we're going to be speaking out. So if we're sharing, oh, I'm so afraid because this government has shut down and this airline's not flying anymore. Well, then our kids are going to pick up on that anxiety. But if we go back to the truth, and that is that God has said, I will take care of all your needs. I know. That we can stand on. We can teach our children. Yep, we might not have as much peanut butter in the house anymore, but so let's get creative. What, you know, what can we do with what ingredients we do have? Mm -hmm. The grocery store will stock up again. There will be food again. So let's get creative right now and be thankful for what we do have and thank God that he is supplying all of our needs. And during this time when we're relatively, you know, I think probably uh, maybe even by the time I'm able to get this aired, uh, we'll be past the point of uh, we'll be into a different phase of this. And that could be possibly where we are completely told to stay home. I mean, not go anywhere or do anything and stores close and some areas that's already happening. But, you know, Michelle, there was one area we haven't touched on. And I know that this is important to you. And that is being mindful and 
serving others. Uh, you had mentioned you and your husband are in a compromised health. You know, you're, you are at greater risk. You're one of those statistics that they talk about if, you know, being careful because what you do could impact others. So as these mamas are listening and dads are listening to this, could you speak to ways that you think are most helpful uh, when trying to help or or serve folks that are in a higher risk category? They often get overlooked. Mm. Something as simple as a telephone call. You know, so many adults right now that are in nursing homes, nursing homes are being shut. The doors are being closed. Visitors cannot come in and the residents cannot leave. This is a time for us to call them, speak to them so they get a touch point in the outside world so they know they're not forgotten. Mm. My father-in-law is in an assisted living facility. We're so close. We could go see him in a heartbeat, but we can't get in because it's closed. Mm. But we can spend time talking to him on the phone and getting his mind off the news so he's not just sitting in front of a TV screen. If you can do it, if you're going out anyway and you're able to pick up extra supplies, bring them to the neighbor who's sick or who doesn't drive or who has family who's far away and can't look in on them. Pick up a few extra things and drop it off to them. If you're healthy, ask if you can run errands for them. Ask if you can come in and clean for them. Mm. These are folks that need the help anyway, but even more so now because people are stepping back. They're so afraid that they're just looking inside their little bubble and they're so afraid to step out and help other people. You know, I just have to believe God's going to bless those who bless others. Oh, I agree with you. You know, that's that something as simple as a phone call. I mean... It doesn't take much, but it might take when your life is full and busy and you have a bunch of littles, like I was a mama of many, or no, I actually still am a mom of many. They're just not all little anymore. Um, but sometimes it may take uh, setting an alarm in, on your phone. You know, one thing that I practice, Michelle, is uh, throughout my day, when God brings somebody's name to mind, it could be through, I saw something on their Facebook post or uh, you know, I'm just going through my day and somebody's name pops into my mind. I pray for them. I think it's so important that we pray and we lift up others. Uh, there's power in prayer. You know, we don't, I know we pray that our families aren't impacted, but when God puts somebody on your heart, there's a reason. So act on it. And that, like Michelle said, a phone call, picking up some extra food. If you're making a food run, you don't have to go in if, if, you know, I, I probably wouldn't go in. I would probably leave it at the door just because you've been out in the community. And at this point, you know, it's it's still so many uncertainties. So picking up something like Michelle said, dropping it off. If you're, if you're going out anywhere, ask them if there's something that you can do. Uh, making that phone call and praying for them. Is there anything you would add to that? Or is that a pretty good list? I would piggyback on what you were saying. Because we do know that prayer is so powerful, mm -hmm. go the extra step and write out a prayer for them and text it to them mm -hmm. or message it to them on social media. It is such 
It's such an encouragement to know that people are praying for you, but it's an even greater encouragement to hear the prayer or read the prayer. And when you send, you can even do a voice text, send a voice text with you speaking out a prayer. That is something I guarantee they will go back and read or listen to again and again and again. Oh, you know, I have to say, I have to tell you guys something about Michelle. Uh, Michelle, uh, as most of you know, I lost my mom a year ago. I said goodbye on this side of heaven to my mother. And it was such a painful, hard time. So because I'm talking about, you know, coping with crisis, in many ways, that was a crisis for me. And I didn't even really know Michelle. She she was somebody that, you know, we knew of, but we, we weren't, you know, well acquainted but we started to develop this online relationship. And, you know, that's one of the things, that's one of the positives. Now, there are a lot of negatives to social media, but there are some positives too. And, and I remember something you did, Michelle, that uh, I have probably shared. And I think I told you, Michelle and I, well, I told you, Michelle, but for you listeners, Michelle and I were at a conference recently, and that's where we actually got to meet in real life. But there was something I reached out to Michelle because I was in crisis mode. Michelle was, you know, she's living life, not knowing what's going on in my little world. And I just reached out to her on a Facebook message and said, you know, basically, you know, am I ever going to recover from this grief because it's hard? (laughs) And I remember, Michelle, you just wrote the sweetest, affirming, calming message. It wasn't, it wasn't like a book. It was just a message. And I have referred to that to speak into what I'm just affirming what you just said, how powerful that is, because I have shared it with so many of my grieving friends that have, you know, had something happen, a crisis or a diagnosis uh, with so many other people, because you were willing in the middle of your life and crisis and, and busy schedule, you, you pause long enough to type something that filled my bucket. And it, it may not have seemed like as big a deal to you. And so listeners, what you're doing may not seem like a, a big deal, but it may speak volumes into their life. So I would say don't discount what you think is, you know, not wax poetically, right? I would right. just right. something simple. Michelle, uh, I want to be a respecter of your time. I want to encourage all you listeners to go to drmichellebankston.com as she also has Renewing Minds, Restoring Hope, and Empowering Families. It's a free gift for her on her site. I would encourage you to visit her her website and her page, uh, Facebook, and you're on Instagram too, aren't you, Michelle? I am, Instagram and Pinterest. Okay, and Pinterest. Uh, same handle, Doctor. is it Dr... Michelle, is it full Dr. name? Michelle, yeah. On Pinterest, it's Hope Prevails. Hope Prevails. But on all the other, on all the others, it's Dr. Michelle B. or Dr. Michelle Bankson. Well, folks, during this critical time, you need to have folks that aren't going to be talking you into crisis or into anxiety. You want somebody like Michelle that's going to help you overcome the tendency to worry, to be filled with anxiety and and to have fear and so you want to follow her to read her subscribe uh michelle tell us where they can find you on the radio um if the easiest place is for them to go to apple itunes and just search for your hope filled perspective okay your hope filled perspective 
Okay. Yep. Um, so make sure you guys all check this out and Michelle check her, check her stuff out, subscribe. She, this is so important. I can't emphasize enough how valuable, uh, Michelle's insights are. Um, she gets it. She understands this is her zone of genius, so to speak, but Michelle, thank you for taking the time to be here and to using, you know, what you have learned over decades and what you've walked through in life to, affirm, equip, and empower others to walk through this season. It's a storm for sure, but that they can walk through it fully knowing that God is in control and that he can be, as you said earlier, he can be trusted. He can be trusted in all things. Um, So Michelle, thank you again for joining me. And folks, thank you for coming to this edition of Coping with Crisis we're going to get through this together. We're going to walk through this and we're going to look back one day and we'll have stories that we will share with our grandkids. So thank you for joining me and I'll see you the next time. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.